Welcome to Center Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast, home to all things hockey in our great province. Now, here's your host, Ted Emmett. Hello again and welcome to episode 11 of the Center Ice podcast. I'm your host, Ted Emmett. Happy to be back with you once again. Now, we've kept things light the last couple of episodes and really have just shone a light on some great Alberta success stories. And we're going to continue to do so. Last episode, we took a trip off the ice up to the broadcast booth with Ron McLean and Bob Ridley, two absolute legends. And this episode, we're back on the ice, but focusing on members of what is essentially the third team taking part in our game, officials. So we'll hear from two of Alberta's most accomplished officials, Lacey Senek and Kyle Raymond. But to change things up a bit, you won't actually be hearing from me too much this episode. If you listened to episode 10, I mentioned that we had a SATE radio student, Tyler Coffey, who is spending the month with us for his practicum. And since he did such a great job editing that episode, and as a graduation gift as well, uh, he actually conducted both interviews. So not only am I excited to really just get to put my feet up this episode, but also for Tyler to make his Center Ice podcast debut. So without any further ado, let's get to our first guest. Now with us is one of Canada's top officials. She has officiated events like the Women's World Championships, the Four Nations Cup, and the CIS National Championship. Lacey Senek has accomplished a lot as an official. She has done well in her profession, having officiated a variety of levels. However, Lacey does have Alberta roots, being from St. Albert. She's a level five official and was named Hockey Alberta's Official of the Year back in 2019. We are thrilled to have her on. Thank you so much for joining us, Lacey. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to share any of uh, any of my experiences that I've had. So, so Lacey, you no doubt have had a variety of experiences. I'm sure in the game, both as an official and as a player. So how did you initially get involved in playing the game and how did that kind of lead in you becoming an official? So I grew up in small town, Alberta, um, wasn't a lot to do. So obviously started playing hockey. Uh, so, I mean, I started with the boys, uh, played with them until I guess it was Peewee or Bantam. Uh, and then I played a year of women's hockey before then I went out to Saskatchewan and, and kept playing. I did four years out there. So, um, and then when I kind of finished in high school, I kind of went, yeah, kind of done with hockey and took a step back and then kind of got drugged back into it because <laughs> you, you can never fully step away from it, I don't think. And uh, yeah, so I started playing recreational hockey and a bunch of the girls on the team that I played with, they were officials and you should come out and do this. I think you'd be really good at it. So I kind of gave it a go and that's kind of what started my officiating journey so that's crazy how it's sometimes just those connections like that that just gets you so involved in it right and ends up kind of becoming your life to an aspect when I was doing some research on you, I noticed, and I think you kind of mentioned it there, that you went out to Saskatchewan for a few years and played at Notre Dame, I believe. What was that experience like? And how did that alter your path as a player and soon after an official? Going to Notre Dame is, is an experience of itself. You know, I did four years out there. So I went out when I was 14 years old. So, you know, nice young age, you know, but the thing that's that's great about Notre Dame is, yeah, they're, they're definitely a hockey hotbed and, and they, you know, produce a lot of excellent hockey players, but they also teach a lot of life skills. And I mean, and academics are just as important as, as hockey is. And, you know, obviously I, I learned a ton, you know, both about life and about hockey while I was there. And, and definitely, you know, a lot of the successes that I've had, I can definitely attribute back to Notre Dame. Proud to say that I'm a four-year hound and, you know, and it's kind of neat because you run into people all over the place that are like, hey, you went to Notre Dame? Yeah, I went to Notre Dame. Hey, do you know so-and-so? And it's like, yeah, I know so-and-so. It's so-and-so still there. So, you know, it's, it's a small world. And I mean, the hockey world is a small world to begin with. And then, you know, when you take something like Notre Dame, it's an even smaller world, right? I mean, there's so many connections around the world that, 
it, it's really neat, but you know, I, I am very thankful that I was able to go out there for four years and play hockey uh, and as well, get an education and, and everything else, you know, and I mean, I got to experience other sports as well, which is, is great. Right. I mean, it wasn't just solely out there for hockey. I mean, I played soccer, I played volleyball, I played basketball. I got into rugby, which probably had I not gone out there, I never would have got into rugby. So it, it's kind of neat how, you know, it just, it develops you as a person, a, a well-rounded person. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was it kind of like moving away at a young age like that to going from St. Albert to kind of rural Saskatchewan? What was that like? Well, so I wasn't living in St. Albert at the time. I was actually living in Grand Cache. So, you know, small town, but going from essentially the mountains to the prairies, <laughs> very different. Um, but I was, I was pretty fortunate because my sister, who's two years older than me, she was actually out there already. Um, so I at least had some family out there and, and my sister was there. So she kind of helped me along for the first two years and then was kind of like, okay, kid, you're on your own. And, you know, she graduated and off she went. But, um, you know, even though my sister was there, it was still, you know, we, we lived very separate lives. You know, it wasn't like I was depending on her, but um, it was nice to know that if I needed somebody that she was there, but yeah, I just, it, it's hard at 14 to move away. But I think because I had an older sibling there, it made it just a little bit easier. Um, and then while I was out there, actually, my parents ended up moving to, uh, to the city. So, you know, the opportunity to to continue to go to, like, to school out there or, or to go to a school in the city was there. And I just said, no, like all my friends are out there. So I'm going to stay going to Saskatchewan. So never thought I would say that, but I was like, yeah, I'll do four years in Saskatchewan. Why not? <laughs> Yeah. And it's good. You kind of even said it though. It's one of those things, right? Like you see people everywhere and that um, I'd say that Notre Dame red is kind of like iconic in, in hockey, right? You go to the rink and you see the kid with the red gloves or the red helmet, you know, normally where they're from. Uh, so we know you kind of have small town roots. What, what does that kind of mean to you? Whether it's, you know, going back to Notre Dame or uh, Grand Cash or St. Albert, what does that kind of meant to your kind of journey as both a player and as an official? You know, it's kind of, I mean, I, Grand Cash is always going to be home for me. I mean, I was born and raised there, you know, I lived there for, you know, 14 years or 16 years, however you want to look at it, you know, but that small town, you can't beat a small town. Everyone knows everyone, everyone. And I mean, it's kind of that cliche. Everyone knows everyone's business, right? But it's because of those small communities and those small towns that it develops you as a person, you know, the saying, it takes an entire village to raise a child. It's kind of like that, right? I mean, when you get into those small towns, like, you know, you grow up with your best friend and their parents are giving you just as much trouble as your parents are, right? Because it's like, you're in a small town and you're kind of treated like that. And and when you go to Notre Dame, it, it's kind of the same with the staff, right? Because the staff are, are kind of your your role models, your, you know, your parents, so to speak. It's the same thing there, like with the small town. And I mean, all, all 20 staff members, all 40 staff members, how many staff, they, they basically become your mom and dad. And you're like, nah, I don't like dad today. I'm going to go to mom, right? So it's kind of the same thing. But, you know, I, I'm definitely appreciative that I did grow up in a small town and I had the support of a small town. And and even today, you know, I know with a lot of the accomplishments that I've had and, and the different events that I've gone to. And I mean, my sister is fantastic at Facebook and she posts stuff all the time. And, you know, the comments, she'll share the comments with me because I'm not on Facebook. So she'll share the comments with me. And, you know, and it's a lot of people that, you know, either I grew up with or parents or, you know, things like that. So it's kind of neat to see. And, you know, I can, you know, I'm pretty proud to say that I'm from Grand Cash and, and you know, now that I don't live there anymore, but there's still a lot of people that, that still live there that uh, have definitely helped me along the way. So kind of talked a bit about it there, but I've had a variety of experiences and covered multiple events. Do you have a favorite memory as an official or is that too hard to pinpoint? <laughs> There, I mean, there's been there's been a lot of great memories, a lot of great experiences. You know, I've been pretty fortunate at you know the events that I've gone to. 
you know, obviously the first event I ever went to was my first year as an official was SO Cup down in Calgary. So the inaugural year that they transitioned SO Cup to the midget, midget age group. So, you know, that was pretty memorable being my first year, you know, my first international event, you know, going to China, you know, as, as a linesman and I wasn't really a linesman at home in, in Alberta here. So, you know, that was neat, but obviously the gold medal game in, in worlds in Finland in 2019, I mean, memorable for so many different reasons. You know, I mean, granted, it was the first time that it wasn't Canada to USA in the final. You know, what a lot of people don't know is as a Canadian official, you don't skate Canada. So if Canada's in the game, you're not skating that game, right? So, you know, it was kind of, it was it was very memorable to be able to go and skate that game. And then with all the controversy that happened, obviously that's another memory all on its own, right? But, you know, that that's to me will probably always stand out as, as a very special moment, uh, being able to skate that for sure. Yeah, and I think that's something a lot of people kind of forget of, right? Is, you know, everyone just thinks of Canada and the U.S. as these typical hockey powers, but you don't really consider it from an official standpoint where, you know, maybe they don't really get the opportunity to call that gold medal game because Canada's in the gold medal game every time around, right? So it's uh, definitely not the easiest thing with that. Um, Do you have a sort of an ultimate goal as an official or do you kind of feel like you've already achieved that with some of the milestones in your career? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, I've always said that the pipe dream is the Olympics. Uh, You know, I would definitely love to go whether, you know, it's 2022 or or maybe, you know, 2024 or 26. Um, You know, definitely not a spring chicken anymore, but, you know, definitely the Olympics is the the pipe dream. Um, You know, my ultimate goal when I started was a women's worlds and and I got there, you know, I mean, kind of got there three times, but two of them have been canceled. (laughs) So, you know, that's unfortunate, but, you know, there's always something more to reach for, you know, I, I, last year I started skating Alberta junior hockey league. Um, so the AJ, which, I mean, it's been a fantastic opportunity for me and, and I'm very thankful for it. And, you know, I can kind of keep progressing on the male side as well, which is, which is nice. Um, obviously like a male tournament isn't in the books just because of how it works, but you know, if I can keep progressing, that's kind of what I want to do. But yeah, I mean, pipe dream is definitely the Olympics. So, uh, with that being said, what would working an event, like say, obviously Beijing in 2022 kind of mean to you? <laughs> I think it would be uh, pretty remarkable. And I mean, I think it would leave you obviously, you know, for myself, but I mean, for also the different associations that I'm involved with, right. So hockey Canada, hockey Alberta, um, you know, I, I owe a lot to, to St. Albert Minor Hockey and, and the support that I've gotten from there. So, you know, it would be an honor to, to get there and, and to work some games in Beijing if that was the case. And I mean, I just keep working hard every day and hope that I get there. So, yeah, it's definitely hard to know what everything's kind of going to look like at that time, too. Right. It's hard to hard to predict the future these days. <laughs> now, kind of going back to your Alberta roots and playing minor hockey. Um, is there a favorite memory of your time playing minor hockey that you have or that kind of made you think getting involved as an official or was it just kind of seeing your friends kind of do it that kind of was the tie-in for you you know it, it's funny because the one year i think i had more penalty minutes than our leading scorer had points <laughs> and, and i mean and i think that was when i was out at notre dame even like it, it was kind of like i'm like ooh, i need to change that <laughs> right but i mean i think i've always been like the type of player where you know if the line's been standing at the blue line i'll chat him up right it's like hey how's it going right it's just you know kind of get on their good side and then maybe you get a call your way right so um, but I mean, at the same time, I've, you know, come completely undone on an official before too. Right. So, but I mean, you know, favorite memories, minor hockey, geez, I don't even know if I have one. Like, it, I feel like it's been forever since I picked up a stick and actually played. Obviously when I was out at Notre Dame, I mean, we won the Western Shield a few times. I think we actually, when I was out there, the four years I was out there, we didn't make it one year. We won the gold, we won the silver, we won a bronze. We kind of hit all, all four places there the four years I was out there. But I mean, tons of good memories, you know, just 
the bus trips, the road trips, the, you know, the hotels and, and different things like that. I don't know if I'd necessarily say I have a favorite memory just because, like I said, it, it's been a while, but yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't think I have a favorite. <laughs> you kind of talked a bit about it there, Lacey. Do you still actually play at all or has officiating kind of taken that away from you? Um, you know, it, it's not even that it's necessarily taken away from me. Um, you know, the first couple of years I did play in ref uh, at the same time. And, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, this is, it's okay. But then it was like, it got to the point where I was like, I'm enjoying officiating more than I am playing. So, you know, then I was committing more to officiating than playing. And then it got to the point where I'm just like, you know what? I don't think I should play anymore. Like, I, I think I want to focus on officiating. And I made that decision. I think it was two or three years after I started refing. So, and now it's like, I, I pick up a stick every now and again. And, you know, I used to play shinny in the summer when we were able to before COVID, um, you know, just to kind of stay on the ice and stay skating and stuff like that. The last time I played an organized game, couldn't even tell you. <laughs> it's funny how that works out sometimes. Uh, I'm sure the news of the women's worlds being canceled was a tough disappointment for you. Um, how has the last 14 months been for you, both as a human and as an official? And are there any kind of challenges you've had to overcome during these times? I mean, obviously the two cancellations, uh, you know, last year, you kind of saw it coming, you know, with the pandemic and, and there's so many unknowns with it. And, you know, how are you going to expect to have 10 teams from around the world travel in and it be safe and you know, I mean, Europe was complete outbreak and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, like last year's cancellation as an official, yeah, it was disheartening, but you kind of saw it coming uh, just because of where the world was at with the pandemic. And this year was, you know, a complete shock, uh, you know, definitely a lot of disappointment considering, you know, everything that's gone into it beforehand, um, you know, and, and the fact that they've been successful, you know, World Juniors was successful in Edmonton. Um, you know, the under 18s are happening right now down in Texas, right? So, you know, there is success to hold it in a bubble and, and stuff. So it is unfortunate that the government made the decision. But I, I have full belief that between the IHF and Hockey Canada, they will make it right and, and they will play it at some point. But it's definitely been tough the last, you know, 14 months uh, with the pandemic and not having regular hockey. But at the same time, it, it's kind of been nice because I've been able to focus more on my office, which, you know, during a season you don't get because it's like, you know, you're, you're skating three, four nights a week kind of thing. Right. So it's it's been good in that regard. Um, but, it, you know, when the cancellation happened this time around, it's like. You know, you kind of felt like you got kicked for a day. And then uh, when's the next call going to happen? When When's the next tournament going to be? You know, you need to be ready for it. You can't just take, oh, I'm going to take a month off. Or I'm going to take, oh, three months off. And then, oh, world is coming up. I guess I would need to get in shape. Um, so it's, you know, right back into training for me and, and kind of back to, you know, a normal off season. I was able to skate a little bit this winter, which was nice. Uh, you know, in Alberta, we did have some hockey in the fall between under 18, triple and junior A. Um, and then the spring junior A was, was back for a bit. So I did skate a little bit there too. So it wasn't a normal winter by any stretch, but, uh, it was still nice to be able to touch the ice. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think that's kind of something people forget about, right. Is that, you know, everyone always thinks about the, you know, that player staying fit, but the officials have to stay fit and prepared to call that elite level hockey too. Right. You can't just hop out on the ice and <laughs> you know, it doesn't quite work like that. So what would a normal year of officiating look like for you in comparison to this season? And, uh, how has that made it challenging for you to stay sharp as an official? 
So, I mean, a normal year is typically, you know, just because with my work, uh, you know, I'm usually skating Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I usually can't do too, too much during the week because in a pre-pandemic, you know, I do travel for work. So it, it's kind of tough to necessarily, you know, be like, oh, I can skate a Tuesday night. Oh, wait, no, I can't. I'm in Vancouver. Or I'm in Moncton or something. So, you know, most of my hockey was on the weekends. So it, you did more training during the week and you skated on the weekends. Um, but with obviously with no hockey happening or very little hockey happening it was like what do I do with myself like I have a Friday night I have a, I have all day Saturday I have all day Sunday I'm like oh boy this is like I, I might get bored <laughs> right like it was definitely an adjustment um, but at the same time I mean you know I'm also a full-time university student so I was able to focus more on my studies so you know it, that helped the pandemic but it was definitely tough I remember you know in the fall when we went back it was kind of like a typical fall going back you know you kind of ease into it and away you go um, you know, the players aren't necessarily as sharp. You're, you know, you're still not as sharp. But when I went back in March, when we started playing again with AJ, it was like, oh, like you kind of like, I, I caught myself a few times. I'm just like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to do something here. Right. And, and I mean, you kind of, because you haven't been doing it all winter, you know, it's been more than just, you know, a three or four month break of the summer and stuff. And, and you realize that you're like, wow, like it's kind of like muscle memory. Like, you know, when you do it so often, you know what you're doing. And then all of a sudden it's like, you have a fight and you're like, you stop and you're watching the fight. And you're like, wait a second. I need to be directing traffic and getting these players out of here. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. So just little things like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, but you kind of just roll with the punches at this point. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, you've, you've officiated so long. I'm sure you get back in the groove of it after a certain amount of time. Right. But it's definitely, definitely a little challenging. I'm sure at the start, uh, as I can tell, you've traveled quite a bit through your international officiating experiences. Do you have a favorite place you've been to during your time as an official and to kind of follow up on that one, uh, favorite venue you've gotten to officiate in? Oh, um, favorite place. You know, I really enjoyed Italy. I, I was in Italy in uh, 2016 for an event. So, I mean, I've been to Italy before and I've always fallen in love with it, you know, every time. So that one, you know, Italy is always, you know, a favorite, you know, favorite venue. I mean, I did Canada, USA and Edmonton at Rogers uh, in December, the one year before the Olympics. And I mean, like that was wild. You know, it was almost a, a complete sellout. I mean, I think there was like 17,500 people in there. And I mean, that was probably like the favorite, you know, memory for sure. The favorite venue. I mean, you know, between Edmonton and, and Hockey Canada, they did a really good job there. But yeah, I mean, there's been some really great places I've skated and there's been some others that you're like, hmm. I mean, I was in Malaysia one year of all places, uh, Malaysia for, for an event. And we had to keep stopping the game because there was so much fog being built up on the ice. <laughs> so it's like, it got to the point where you couldn't even see across the ice, never mind down the ice. So it's like, we'd have to stop, let the fog settle and then we keep playing. So, you know, lots of really great and neat experiences like that for sure. So. Yeah. And I'm sure some unique venues, right? Whether it's like you said, in Italy or Malaysia, and I even believe you uh, officiated a bit in Mexico City, it looked like too, which is, again, I'm sure the venues have to be extremely different than what we're used to here. Yeah. So Mexico City actually got to the point where we couldn't even do like a full flood in, in between periods because the ice wasn't felt like it wasn't freezing fast enough. And it would be like, there would be like small ponds out there. I think that's all I have for you, Lacey. Um, I, I really appreciate your time and you've been able to sit down with us. You're truly one of the best officials our country has to offer. And it's been an absolute pleasure for me. So uh, yeah, thanks again for doing this and all you continue to do for our game and all across the world. Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me. And uh, I hope I was able to share something. So we really appreciate it, Lacey. It was fantastic. A huge thank you again to Lacey Sinek for sitting down with Tyler for that one. An incredibly accomplished official with a huge passion for the game. Uh, unfortunately, a couple internet issues on that one, but 
Hey, that's just the world we're living in. And before we hear from NHL official Kyle Raymond, as always at this point in the show, it's time to take a look at what's going on around Alberta. So here's what you need to know. Hockey Alberta's Coach of the Month program, sponsored by Players Bench Team Apparel, wrapped up at the end of April as we recognized four outstanding coaches from around Alberta. So congratulations to Canadian Athletic Club U15 AAA coach Lee Zalaski, St. Albert U13 Tier 1 Chargers coach Derek McEwen, Paradise Valley U11 and U15 coach Tracy Desmarais, apologies if I, I butchered your name at all there, and Fort McMurray U13 AA Junior Oil Barons coach Brad McCoy. All four coaches were selected based on nominations submitted by the public and each received a player's bench coaching package valued at over $500. To read more about all four coaches, head to HockeyAlberta.ca. We also celebrated National Volunteer Week in April as volunteers really are the lifeblood of Hockey Alberta and we can't do what we do without them. So we featured just a handful of the amazing volunteers from across Alberta who keep hockey going in our province. But what volunteering means to me is you give what you can. And if it's time, uh, if it's your knowledge, if it's money, whatever it happens to be, that's what you give. And you give back to the people who need it. And I'm a huge believer that young kids, they need guidance, not just from parents or teachers, but they need it from coaches and other mentors outside in the world. And um, it's it's kind of like an honor to be one of those people that gets to jump in and do that. And again, it's it's what I was able to do and it found a passion in it. You know, so rewarding. I mean, uh, watching kids grow, making lots of new friends, parents, other coaches. Uh, and it's pretty cool, like learning experience overall. You know, honing your people skills. There's a lot of that in, in hockey. I always say that's probably just about job number one in coaching is uh, there's a lot of people skills, you know, you're uh, volunteering is it's a great learning experience for anybody. That's what I would say. And I had a lot of people help me along the way, so I figured I owed that to the kids to teach and and um, share some of my stories and and be able to give them some of the points that I have uh, that I feel that further their hockey career. And not only that, it, to me, it's it's about life. Volunteering for me is the opportunity to do what I absolutely love, which is athletic therapy, and use that to help others reach their goals. I had lots of people when I was still in school who took that extra time to kind of mentor me and make sure that I felt comfortable doing and learning what I was. To be able to be that person for other people is my goal. Volunteering to me is a way to give back. I enjoy seeing the the operation uh, and the opportunity to to guide and grow whether it's somebody my own age or in hockey case it's somebody younger and to watch them grow and develop as a person and a player and, and expand their knowledge and improve their skill set. Volunteering is a sense of community. You get to meet new people, you get to network, you get to learn new skills. It makes me happy. I think it boils down to how I was raised with my parents. They were big volunteers in their community and it's just in me to give back. Again, thank you to the volunteers who took the time to share their stories with us. Lisa Davies, Tom West, Michelle Skilnick, Stephen Janet Fleming, Brenda Dick, Kevin Kerlick, Tom O'Toole, Chris Williams, Karen Fanstone, and Tony Jacobson. For all of our Volunteer Week features, head to hockeyalberta.ca slash volunteers. 
And lastly, in the spirit of keeping things light, if you're looking for something to put a smile on your face, and I, I mean, who isn't these days, check out our most recent Hockey for Life feature on Beckett William, a 10-year-old goaltender, actor, and radio host from Strathcona. That's right, actor and radio host. Beckett is currently the youngest solo radio host in Canada with his online radio show, Breakfast with Beckett. So my name is Beckett. I am 10 years old, and... I am on the Strathcona Warriors. My grandpa was a hockey player, so I wanted to skate like him, so I started skating, and then we got me a stick, and then I just started playing hockey. Well, there's this one save I made where I slid over to the right. I saved it on my pad. I kicked it to the left, not trying to. I was, like, trying to stop it so I could cover it. And then it went over to the left, and I slid over, and I saved it, and then I covered it up with my glove. Well, because I get to meet great people and friends on the team, and, um... It's just fun getting pucks in my chest. Like in hockey, working with a team kind of helped me with acting. Well, actually did help me with acting because we would have a really a bigger team than, than hockey because you, you had the cameraman, the, the makeup person, the director, producers and stuff. So the a- other actors and casting members. So like it, it kind of taught you how to work with a group of people. And then if you kept going on different teams, you can meet new people. And you would realize that every time, like if you had a big party, that would be a lot of people. And then you could like, for acting, there's a lot of people there. So you kind of get used to it. Well, this is hopefully happening. I'm not, well, I'm not planning on it, but I'm hoping it happens. Like being like a big movie, like Batman or Spider-Man or like Jurassic World or something like that and big TV shows, or like be on like Mighty Ducks or something, that TV show. I would like, I would pick acting and then I would do hockey as a recreational thing. So like if I ever, if I was ever in the, in the middle between like no auditions, I would like, I would maybe have a backyard rink and I could go skating on it. And we could, me and my friends or something, we could set up games and stuff. I'm an actor and I'm a goalie on both. Pretty amazing to see what Beckett has on the go, which is pretty impressive for anyone, let alone a 10-year-old. And that's what you need to know. As always, head to HockeyAlberta.ca to stay in the loop. And with that, I'll throw it back to Tyler and his interview with NHL official Kyle Raymond. Here with us today is another one of the best officials our province has to offer. From officiating the iconic Memorial Cup to calling games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, he has done just about it all. He was also the WHL's official of the year back in 2006. He's Red Deer's own Kyle Raymond. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, no doubt. And uh, so when I was doing some research on you, Kyle, I kind of noticed that you played at the junior B level. First off, what was that experience like? And uh, how did that lead into you becoming an official? Uh, you know what? It was it was a great way to wrap up my career. Obviously, I have a huge passion for hockey. Uh, you know, back to as, as early as I could walk, I had a stick in my hand. And my parents always said that I, you know, always was watching hockey, playing hockey, eat, you know, eat, sleep, breathe hockey. So obviously, it's something that I love. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I'm still doing it. But uh, to finish up playing uh, Junior B and Red Deer was great because uh, you got to play with a lot of buddies um, that you kind of grew up playing with. I moved around. Um, uh, with my family, we we lived in uh, we lived in Winnipeg for a while, and then we came back. So uh, it was kind of just a good way to to wrap up uh, my playing days, I guess you could say. And uh, listen, I knew that you know when I was playing junior B, and a lot of the guys that I played with growing up, the guys that moved on um, to the Western League, and you know like Brad Leaves, and uh, you know a lot of those guys, 
they kind of moved on and I knew I kind of was plateaued. So, and that, and that's fine. I mean, it, you can't, everyone can't get there. So yeah, a couple of guys at a Red Deer, Dave Musso and Curtis Nichols, who were, um, they were in charge of the officiating program there. They asked me if I would, uh, kind of like to get involved. I guess, I guess I kind of was a little bit like a Brad Marchand. So I knew, I knew how to play, you know, on the edge and I kind of knew how to get away with things as, as a player. And they saw that maybe that would, you know, make me a, you know, be a good official. And uh, at first I wanted no part of it because I didn't like officials when I played, but then I kind of, I knew I wanted to stay involved in it, involved in the game. And, and uh, I took them up on their offer and did some, some officiating in um, Sylvan Lake at the hockey school in the summer and instantly fell in love with it. So I signed up that fall. I went to my clinic and uh, uh, you know, now this, <laughs> this story is kind of right in itself. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. So did you never really had planned on it at first, Kyle? It kind of just happened with the conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I was finishing up my junior beat, my hockey playing career in, in Red Deer playing with my buddies and then and they asked me to get involved in it. And at first, like I said, I didn't want nothing to do with it. And then I, I took them up on it. And, and, and like I said, I, I wanted to always stay involved. I have my teaching degree and uh, I was hoping to, you know, planning to go the, co- the coaching route in terms of one of the hockey academies. Um, but fell in love with the officiating side and, and just had some opportunities along the way and kept making the most of them, I guess you could say. And, and now I'm in the National Hockey League. So it's, it's, it's definitely a plan that I never, never thought that I would, you know, end up here, but I'm sure glad I'm here now. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, so we know you're from Red Deer, Kyle. What does having those Alberta roots mean to you? And do you still have a connection to the community there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I take great pride of being in El- from an Albertan and being an Alberta boy and, uh, you know, even when I see guys and then NHL that I know from Alberta, you know, you give them a, you go by and, you know, give them a little love that, you know, that's how we are. It's just, you take care of your own and in terms of just asking them how they're doing. And, and they're great to me too. They, the guys that I know that I kind of came through the system with, we always kind of have a, you know, a quick talk. Like the other day I saw, I saw Colton Sevier and I just kind of asked him how he was doing and said hi. And, you know, we just kind of talked about quickly during a timeout if, if we were both going to be able to go back to Red Deer this summer just because of all the craziness going on in the world and you know we were both unsure if that was going to be possible just with the with the pandemic and the, the border closures and stuff but so yeah whenever you see guys from Alberta you, you know you say hi to them and uh, but obviously yeah take great pride of being from from uh, Alberta and and uh, being a part of Hockey Alberta's program and and anytime I can give it give back I always make sure I I, I do when I can. Yeah, no, absolutely. So how did your time officiating in Alberta help groom and prepare you for the National Hockey League? I, I was very fortunate. I, like, I didn't start officiating. Like I said, Tyler was, you know, at the end of my junior career. So um, I was, they kind of said, we're going to throw you, we're going to throw you in the, in the deep end of the pool and you're either going to sink or swim. Um, and uh, they were patient with me. They knew that there was going to be some, some major learning curves, but uh, I had great people that worked with me. Um, you know, they, they understood that there was going to be some hiccups or bumps, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful for them because I think, you know, if I would have maybe had to go down the other rope, maybe I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And uh, they, they gave me an opportunity. I mean, I made the most of it, but I'm forever thankful for the opportunities I was given in, in Hockey Alberta. So through the many years that you've spent and the time officiating that you've spent on the road, I'm, I'm sure you have some unique memories and stories. Um, do you have a favorite memory as an official you've had on the road? It could be with your colleagues or uh, yeah, just anything at the rink or anything like that. Um, yeah. You know what? The, the cool thing about this job is, is you get to meet a lot of 
a lot of cool people that have a lot of uh, interesting backgrounds in terms of um, you know what they do for us. Uh, for example, I'm in New York right now, and uh, our one of our security guys here, he's really high up in the NYPD, and um, he's kind of a legend here, and he's he's seen a lot of things. He was actually uh, he was in charge of the morgue at the 9/11, um, so he's got some pretty crazy stories about that. But uh, I was very fortunate one year to be here for for New Year's, and um, so I had my uh, I had my fiance at the time. Uh, she came and uh, we got to go and he, he, he took care of us for New Year's. So we got uh, what he says. He, he said, show up at this restaurant. And we went to this restaurant, you know, down in Times Square. And uh, we, we sat there and had had dinner and we, I waited for the bill. We didn't get a bill, which was kind of crazy. And he said, I'll be there at 11 o'clock. And there he was at 11 o'clock. He showed up and uh, he walked us and we walked like right by like shoulder to shoulder, like Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, like it was, it was, and everyone was like, Hey Gene, Hey Gene. Like he was, he was a celebrity. And, and so we got to walk like right past all these people that have been there all day lining up. And we were probably, you know, 50 yards from the ball drop and we got to experience, uh, New Year's in New York City, so that was that was cool. And I mean, it wouldn't have been able, it wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for for Gene. So we're always grateful for that. And there's lots of different stories in different cities. Like I said, we get we get to see some pretty cool cities. Um, got to see some cool concerts, you know, and and go backstage and stuff like that, which has been really cool. And uh, it's it's one of the, ex- the I guess the extra experiences you get in this job is is you know we get to we get to be on the ice with the best players in the world and, and see the game, but we also get to do some cool things away from their rink too. Yeah. To have an experience like that, that's uh that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, and to follow up on that last question, uh, kind of a little bit different, but do you have a most memorable game or tournament that you've gotten to officiate and or be a part of? Um, I, there's lots of different ones. I can remember, I, I remember the Memorial cup in Moncton, you know, I remember skating around and there, it was, it was Moncton versus Quebec. So it was, it, it was a, it was a huge game. They were a huge rival. Obviously the hometown Moncton Wildcats were playing their, their, their big nemesis in the finals. And I remember skating around the ice and I don't, I don't really ever look into the crowd. I just, it's something I guess I just never do, but I just remember skating around in the pregame warmup and um, thinking like, Holy man, this is like the last game of like, there's no more games in junior hockey after this. And I was, as I was thinking that I was kind of coming around the net and looking and I, I looked up and I, I don't know how I, I did it, but I, I saw my parents and um, that was pretty cool because obviously They've been big supporters of mine. And um, so it was pretty cool for that. I remember a game, uh, a playoff game I did in Calgary a couple of years ago. Uh, that was the first playoff game uh, my family got to go to. Uh, my dad's a quadriplegic. He had a, a bad accident. So he can't really travel anymore. So to, you know, for him to be able to go to a game and, and see me in the playoffs, cause he's my biggest fan. He's always watching my game. So to have that experience for him to be able to come to a playoff game was pretty cool. My kids, you know, they've, they've been, they've been fortunate to come to, uh, they love going to watch games in Vegas. Vegas is a, they do a great job there of uh, promoting not only hockey, but entertainment. Like they, they just have found a perfect fit between how much entertainment value and how much of the hockey and they've done it great there. Um, you know, my wife and I, uh, we take a trip every year to New York. She loves coming to New York. So we always look forward to that every year when it fits in with my schedule. So 
lots of different memories and and i'm grateful for every single one of them so kyle do you think it's kind of a you talked a little bit about it there do you think it's a superstition as to why you don't look up into the stands or is it a nerves thing or, or what, what do you kind of think about that because um I, uh, you know what like i i just think it's my job's on the ice and i i guess i just try to stay focused on the ice um i use a thing from an old uh for the love of the game with kevin costner when he says clear the mechanism and he's on the mound in new york uh i kind of do the same thing and once we get uh we get ready for the game i just kind of do the same thing i go on you know in game mode and and my job is on the ice so i just i just focus on that that's a fantastic way of looking at it and kind of blocking out all the surroundings i guess too right and just worry about what's going to happen on the that the ice for the next three hours and or whatever right so for sure um although you've done lots throughout your career officiating games like the outdoor classic and nhl playoff games would you say you have some sort of ultimate goal as an official or do you already kind of feel like you've achieved that being in the nhl Oh, no, no. I mean, I think just like all of our guys on staff, the goal is to, is to work the Stanley Cup finals. And um, to be honest, if you don't work the finals, uh, which I know is tough, there's only five guys that do it every year, five refs and five linesmen. So, you know, out of our 33, 34 guys on, you know, on the refs and the linesmen, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of guys that are disappointed. And, uh, but that's what makes our staff so good is we all want to compete. We, uh, you know, we, we're teammates first and foremost, um, but we, we compete, but we compete together. And we're happy for the five guys that get selected every year. And for the rest of us, we, we want to work harder that off season to try to get to where they are. So uh, ultimately the goal is to work the Stanley cup finals and I'm going to do everything I can to get there. That's a, that's a great response. And I think that should be everyone's goal, right? Uh, especially in your profession. So um, how has the past year been different for you both as an official on and off the ice and has it been tough or, or any sort of hidden positives that you've been able to pull from it or anything like that? It, it, it has been tough. It's been different. Um, I, I got to give the league credit. I mean, we're, we're very, first of all, we're, we're thankful that we're, we're playing hockey and uh, because there's a, you know, a lot of people that uh, in the world that have been, you know, affected more than we have, you know, we have policies in place and it's, you know, we we're in our hotel rooms a lot more. We can't, uh, can't go for lunch with the guys. We can't go for dinner after with the guys. Um, but these are all things that need to be, you know, we need these in place so that we can keep everybody safe and keep the game going. So yeah, it's, it's been different. It's, it's nice in the U S you know, we're starting to get more and more fans back in the rinks and, uh, even having just 3000 or 5,000 or, you know, some of them are now going up to 8,000, um, hoping to be by, you know, half capacity by playoffs. It, it's, it's night and day. Like I remember stepping onto the ice last year for my first game in the bubble in the playoffs. And, uh, I still think one of the coolest things about officiating is, is that five minute build up to before you go on the ice before a game and, you know, you get excited and you're, you know, we're, we're talking in the room and, and before we, you know, you're walking down the tunnel and you just come out and the lights are down and the crowd's going bananas. And that first game in the bubble in Toronto, like I was saying, you, I, you, you go out and it's dead silent. And it was, it was probably one of the weirdest, most eerie feelings I've ever had stepping onto the ice. So it, it's great to have the fans back in the, in the building. I mean, obviously, I think we have the best fans, just the passion and the knowledge. And uh, so it's great to have them back. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to next year when I can go for breakfast with my teammates and talk to them, and, you know, go for lunch with them and see them after. Because uh, there's a lot of time you're in your hotel room, but, um, you know, I'm trying to make the most of it. And like I said, it's, it's, it's what needs to happen to keep the game going. And that's first and foremost. So what would you say you've kind of done to make the most of it, Kyle? Because I'm sure you've kind of had a bit more downtime than in years past, just on your own and that kind of thing, just not being able to interact as much. What have you kind of done to pass your time when you're alone and that kind of thing during the past year? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and I've encouraged, uh, first and foremost, uh, what I like to do is I like to reach out to, to a teammate. I make sure I, I do it every day, just talk to a guy, 
um, either through phone or text and just check in say, how are you doing? Cause it's, it's, it's mentally been tough. So looking out for teammates, that's one thing I've, I take pride in doing. And I always make sure we do a lot of zooms with our, with our guys uh, because we can't really have, you know, our, at our lunchtime is usually when we do a lot of our discussing of what's going to happen or what we, you know, we're talking about the game that night planning and preparing. So we do a lot of zooms. So do that. And then also um, uh, I did, it took an online course just to uh, just to kind of, kill time and also, you know, help me become a better person. So I've got this time. I might as well make the most of it. So that's what I've done. Well, yeah. And it's pretty different, right? Yeah. I don't think any other year in your officiating career, you've probably had downtime like this in between games and that kind of thing. Right. So it's definitely different. Absolutely. And and also too, uh, we're, we're usually now working like two, sometimes three games in the same city, which has been great for the body, the wear and tear. Everyone thinks, you know, the, the glamorous things of, of the officiating or the hockey side and, you know, even talking to the players, it's, it's been nice for them because it's, it's tough when you, you know, you go out and work and then the next morning you're jumping on a plane and then you're, you know, you're working again in another city. So having the extra, you know, few days in a city has, has been great for, for your body, but also you need to make sure that you're doing whatever you can to keep your mind active and, and not going into bad spots and, and, and bad places. So that's why I try to, I try to, um, you know, get out and walk. I do a lot of walking. My steps are probably up over 20,000 steps a day where, you know, normally I, you know, I do a gym, but, uh, you know, in some of the cities we, we don't have access to gyms or it's, uh, you know, it's just tough to get into. So I got a lot of miles on this year with my, with my walking, but, uh, I enjoy it. And I put a power podcast on and, uh, Go out and see the cities. Yeah, I know that that has to be one of the best parts about what you got to do is seeing the different places, even even in the midst of a pandemic, you know, still getting to travel around like that is very interesting. Uh, What has kept you involved in the game for so long? And do you ever think about what's next after your officiating career for you, Kyle? Uh, Again, it all comes back to passion. I love this game. And uh, as far as I know, like, you know, I'm focusing on what I'm doing now and, and, and just trying to continue to be a good official and get better. But after the game, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but uh, definitely know that I, I, I'm going to stay involved in the game, whether it's, uh, you know, helping out be, you know, some sort of uh, officiating a coach or, or helping out with the Hockey Alberta or Western Hockey League or the National Hockey League, whatever, whatever I, uh, whatever I kind of can find, find something to stay involved in the game, but I definitely will for sure stay involved in the game. That's what we love to hear. And uh, here at Hockey Alberta, we strongly support hockey for life and would love to hear what that kind of means to someone like you. You've given so much back to our game with officiating. Uh, what would you say hockey for life means to you, Kyle? I think it means a couple things. First and foremost, I think it means the people that, ha- that do hockey for life are the people that are passionate. And and I think we need to keep those people around as long as we can, because obviously they care about the game and they want what's best for the game. For me, I always take pride in, in giving back and, and more so for, I feel like I owe it to the game. The game has given me so much. Uh, I'm very fortunate where I am. I'm very lucky, but I'm also very grateful. And, and, and I make sure I take time to give back because I think that's just as important as, as anything else. And, um, I want to, I want to always give back. I want, I want the officiating to be better. I want the hockey side to be better, whatever I can do and whatever I've learned along the way. And I've been very fortunate to learn from a lot of great people, both on the ice and off the ice. And I'm going to do whatever I can to, to give back to the game, uh, especially in hockey, Alberta, because again, that's kind of where I came from and uh, I'm grateful for everything they've given me and uh, it's all about giving back and hoping I can help someone else get to where I'm at. One last one for you, Kyle. Um, how do you kind of feel you've progressed and changed as an official since you started out? Because I can't imagine you're the exact same now that you were when you came into the game. No, no, not at all. A uh, couple of things is uh, when I first started, there was the, the four-man system, the two-referee system really wasn't in place. So obviously it, it, it changed from, you know, working by yourself and as a referee, which I am, 
Um, you know, you, it's a, you gotta be in charge. You gotta be the alpha dog out there. You gotta, you know, you, you're the one who kind of runs that runs the show in terms of calling the penalties and, and, um, you know, keeping the players safe. And, and when I say run the show, I mean, obviously as an official, I take pride in going into a game, um, doing my job and getting out of the rink. And I know I've done a good job when nobody knows that I was out there. They don't even know who the referee was like, that's, I always tell players this, like, I don't want anyone, I don't want any attention. And, and, uh, you know, like they want to be one of the three stars. I do not want anyone to know when I, when I've worked the game and that's, that's what I take great pride in. But in terms of, I mean, when I say run the show, I mean, like you, you have to be in charge. And now, uh, in the four man system, you know, you work with a partner and it's, it's, it's different because you have to be consistent and, you know, you work as a team rather than by yourself. Um, so that obviously took a little bit of an adjustment, but the game, I actually had to work a, a period and a half by myself a couple of weeks ago in LA. Cause my partner took a puck in the chin and got knocked out with a concussion. And, uh, I, I, I remember going off the ice saying, and, like there's no way at this level we could do a one-man referee system. The game is just so fast, and with the removal of the the, the two-line pass and just how these guys skate now, it's it's incredible how fast they are. So uh, you know you need the two-man referee system, and also too like I, I've always taken great pride in in being fit and you know being a great skater. But now again with the speed of the game, you have to like. I mean, I've changed the way I work out now and it's all about keeping, keeping my foot speed and, and being agile and, and, you know, quick feet and stuff because they move so quick. And like, I always tell people too, we don't have like football where there's an out of bounds. Like, you know, if they're coming at me, I can just, you know, jump through, I can't morph through the boards. I got to get out of the way. And, you know, we got some big bodies like Sedano Char and some of these guys that are big guys and they'll run me over. So I got to make sure I'm doing everything I can in, 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 in terms of my off ice fitness and uh, to make sure that I'm staying out of the way. And also keeping optimal sight lines, which I need in my job to make the correct call. So those are two things. And then I think too, as, as you get older, you have to just focus more on nutrition and watch your eating more because obviously metabolism slows down and you got to be out there with, like I said, these, these great athletes. And, you know, I mean, I'm 42 now and some of these guys were 18 years old and it wasn't too long ago. I remember starting out as a 28 year old and thinking, oh, these guys, but now I'm like, holy man, I'm getting older, but I still want to go for, I still want to go for a long time. So I have to make sure that I do everything I can to keep up with them. That was a fantastic response, Kyle. And that pretty much wraps it up for me. Thank you so so much for joining us, Kyle. It was a tremendous honor to speak with you and it was a pleasure hearing your story and we look forward to seeing you on the ice again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me and uh, good luck to you guys up there. I hope uh, everyone gets back on the ice soon. Thanks a lot, Kyle. And thank you to Kyle for taking the time to sit down with us. I believe he actually was in New York when he did that interview, so obviously a very busy guy. And between Kyle and Lacey, it just goes to show once again what Hockey for Life really means and the places the game can take you no matter how you're involved. And so with that comes the end of another episode of Center Ice. A huge thank you one more time to officials Lacey Senek and Kyle Raymond and to our intern Tyler, who absolutely nailed both interviews. Again, congratulations, Tyler, too, on graduating. Uh, can't wait to see what's in store for you. And of course, can't forget producer Steve, who's always working hard behind the scenes to keep this thing rolling. And because this episode is going to come out just a few days before Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all the hardworking moms out there. Lastly, thank you once again to you for tuning in. I'm Ted Emmett, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Center Ice Podcast. For this episode and more, head to HockeyAlberta.ca. If there's a topic you'd like covered on an upcoming episode, email info at hockeyalberta.ca.